Well, good morning. Um, we're going to keep the message pretty short here because we want to get right to the meat of what we're here to do, and that's to honor Jesus um, with both our song and our action, taking of the elements. And so um, I just want to share real quickly here. Um, so recently, we as a family, we've started reading uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. I'm sure many of you guys have read that or seen the movies. Um, and it's something that we've started doing uh, as a family. We've started reading together, not every single night, but every other night, something like that, um, which is funny because I am not a reader. Um, I was reading the illustrious Dr. Seuss probably up until middle school. Um, so this is, this is me pushing myself a little bit. Let's all read together. So, but we've been having a lot of fun. And so kind of the perk that we added with our kids was like, hey, if we, if we read all the way through um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, we'll, we'll watch the movie together. Okay, and so that was kind of the, the, the fun piece of that. Oh, we had fun reading it too, but um, it's been an enriching time for us, and so uh, we were looking forward to watching the movie. The kids had been waiting for a good while. We were supposed to watch it last Saturday, but um, Donna and I, uh, well, mainly Donna, but she had some apprehension just because there's a lot of stuff. You know, there's some war scenes, and so we're like, ah, I don't know if they're ready, and so we prayed about it, and we kind of felt like God was saying, okay, let's, let's wait. Let's push it off a little bit. Um, and so, uh, which led up to, uh, I think it was Friday this week, Donna's like, hey, let's watch the movie. And I was like, oh, do you want to watch it now? It's like all of a sudden things had changed, but she's like, we want to watch it. I'm like, cool, let's do it. Um, and so last night, actually, um, we got to watch that movie. It had been a long time since I had even seen it. But uh, um, I really believe that it was um, God's timing watching that movie last night. Um, again, I don't know how many of you guys are super familiar with the storyline, but it's it's, it's really about Jesus, you know, and it's about the battles that we face. Um, and so uh, when we watch that, um, I, I just want to answer just a couple questions, you know, before we take communion. And we really need to consider who Jesus is. Um, because for me, I, I love seeing movies like that that kind of depict um, this story of God coming down and saving us. But it's just in a different um, avenue, through a different avenue, watching a film and, and different symbolism that just helps us connect in a different way. And so um, Jesus is Aslan, and Aslan is this lion, okay? He's not a tame lion. He's not a you just go up and pet him lion, but he's a good lion, okay? And so Jesus is the son of God, okay? He's the son of God. He's not just this mamsy-pamsy um, Santa Claus type, you know, stroke my nice long hair, look at my cute blue eyes. Like, that's not who Jesus is, no matter how beautiful he was. That's not who he was. And so he's the son of God, and he wanted to be close to us so badly that he became a man, the very son of God, not a care in his life. I mean, his life was as perfect as perfect could be with the Father and the Spirit for all eternity, and he chose to become a man. He chose to dwell among us. He wanted us to be his bride for us to be his family. And you have to imagine, and even if you close your eyes, I was trying to do this myself, I'm like, who is like the most perfect person I could think of? Um, and I kept thinking of myself, but I was like, no, that can't be it. It can't be it. There's got to be someone else. And then I thought of Louis, and I was like, that's closer. But, um, but you know, no matter who you think about, Jesus is one million and a million and a million times better than that. His kindness and his compassion, and his justice. I mean, I look at myself um, not only as a son to my father and my lack of just ability to interact correctly with my parents, and then I look at myself as a father to my children and my inability to 
um, administer perfect justice to them. And it's like, was I too harsh? Was I you know, too soft? You know, should I, was I being lazy? It's like you work through all these things, and you don't always know. But Jesus is perfect in those things. He's perfectly kind. He's perfectly just, perfectly merciful. You know, he's, he's beautiful and perfect. He's terrifying at the same time. He's not that tame lion, but he's true. He's authentic all the way through. And as I think about this, you know, as I think about him dying for us, again, I, I kind of just want to paint that picture of Aslan, this perfect, gentle lion who's completely in control. People shudder if Aslan roars. People shudder. It's like they almost don't even want to look at him straight in the eye, kind of like with animals. It's like you don't look him straight in the eye because then it's like you're challenging me. And so it's like we're like that with Aslan. It's like we almost don't want to look him right in the eyes because he's so terrifying at the same time. And so he came, he died for us, okay, because there was a system that God had put in place, and we did not um, do our part of, of the covenant, okay? We failed. We betrayed the Father, and we aligned ourselves with the enemy. We aligned ourselves with Satan, with the liar, okay? And there are laws that needed to be met, requirements and sacrifices that need to be met for anything to change, Okay? We were the, um, the traitor, okay? We were the traitor, and the law demands justice. And so because of his unbelievably great love, he came for us, and he died the traitor's death, okay? And I think it's easy for us, uh, maybe because we're in the church, I don't know, that, that we, sometimes we don't even see our sin as as bad as, like, what we see on the news. Like, we're not looting and rioting. Like, we're, we're pretty good, but then we go on to, you know, Facebook or social media, and we put some pretty nasty comments sometimes. Not me, but you guys. Um, but, you know, he took that shame. He took that scorn for us. And, and, it's, and it's for everything. It's like, again, we just think about our sins, but it's like he died and wiped people clean for murder. You know, people who we would never want to forgive, maybe in our flesh. We would never want to forgive them. He forgave people for all sensuality, for all infidelity. Um, I mean, I, every time I read the story of David, I get so upset when I hear about that. I get so upset about it, and, and he forgave that. He wiped people clean for that, all pride, all deceit, great and small, everything. And he died that traitor's death. And so what does this mean for the enemy? Again, I'm sorry, i got to go faster here. What does this mean for the enemy? Um, the enemy, when Jesus died, when they killed Aslan, when the witch did that, I mean, they're, they're gleeful. It's like they're like prancing around. They, they think this is all over. They think this is all over, that the enemy had the victory when Jesus died. And it did. It seemed to be a defeat for a moment. It seemed to be a defeat. The disciples thought it was a defeat. Everyone's like, what did we just do for three years and now it's all over? Um, they thought they defeated goodness. Um, it's, it's like almost the enemy is saying checkmate. It's over. And in blind pride, you know, flaunting and, and prancing around and, and mocking glee, and that's, that's what we saw in the movie with the witch. You know, she was just ecstatic. Um, and, uh, you, know, you know, she uh, even says right before she kills Aslan, so much for love. It's like, you thought that that was the way. You thought that this was how you were going to defeat me, and you were so wrong as, he, as she put that striking blow into Aslan. And as she rides into battle, she had the mane of the lion uh, cut off, and she put it on as a necklace. She had the mane of the lion around her. And you can just see the, the wickedness, that, that pompous um, character of the enemy that wants to flaunt, that we defeated the one true king. He's not the one true king anymore. And she's parading around. And, and you guys already know. 
He doesn't stay dead, you know. He doesn't stay dead. And, 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 I, and then the, the words that come to my mind are, are Missy, where it's like, I can hear the rhythm of the line of the tribe of Judah, okay? It's like, you, you thought that you had defeated the enemy. And I mean, can, you can imagine, what does the enemy feel like? What does it feel like when you all of a sudden see the person you thought you killed coming to the battle line? The one you thought you defeated is coming to the battle line. And that means a lot for, for us, obviously. And so for us, I just want to make a couple points, but it means to us that we're free from guilt. You know, and if, you, if you've seen the movie, it's like, you know, Edmund, he was like the first traitor, and he's just kind of a nasty kid. Like, he's so easy to dislike. You just look at him. You don't even hear him say anything. You just look at him, you're like, oh, this kid is nasty. But, Jesus, you know, Aslan comes and meets with him and says, I'm going to die for you. Like, the worst one in the movie, it's like, I'm going to die for you. And then by the end of the movie, it has changed. It's been flipped all upside down. Now Edmund is laying down his life for his brother. And, and just it changes all the dynamics. And that's what it does for us. We don't have to stay in that guilt. We don't have to stay in the shame. That's why we're taking communion. We're reminding ourselves what he has done for us. And again, sometimes it gets, you know, we just lose it in the, in the mix of the rhythm of life. But he has set us free. And he's equipped us for every good work. So when we go to the battle line, we are not defenseless. We're not defenseless at all. We have the fruit of the Spirit. We're equipped for every good work. We have the armor of God. And so he laid down his life for us so that we can lay down our life for others. He saved us so that we can save others. And we can be bold. We don't have to be timid. We don't have to be passive. We can be bold in what we're doing, especially in the climate of this culture. Okay? We don't have to shy away from the truth. We can say what is true in love, and we don't have to be putting people down in that. There's no insignificant contribution to the kingdom of God. It's so easy to want to be a character in the Bible. Nobody reads the Bible and says, oh, I'm just like the Pharisees. You know, we always look at it, we're like, no, I'm, I'm more like Peter. Like, I'm kind of good, kind of bad. But nobody ever reads the Bible and says, you know, I'm, I'm the bad guy. I'm the Edmund in the story. Nobody ever wants to identify with him. And yet, oftentimes, we really are. And so, he's calling us to something different. We don't have to worry about who we are. Matter of fact, there's, there's a, a part where... Uh, the beaver is a part of this storyline. And uh, when they all dropped a battle, you actually see the beaver, and he's, like, wearing his, like, mail coat. I don't, I don't know what they call it, the chain link, whatever, fence. He looks so cute, you know, this beaver going to battle. But it's like we don't need to worry about who we are in that storyline because God looks at what we do. He looks at our obedience, and he says, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. I'm going to reward you because you are joining in the battle with me. So, um, and then the last thing I'll say is, hey, we are united. We are united. It's it, during, the, again, this divisive culture right now where we are always wanting to draw a line. It's like you're on that side of the aisle. Well, I'm not talking to you. You're not my friend. I'm not going to be friends with you on Facebook, you know, whatever those things are. In Christ, we're all comrades. We're all going to show up to the battle line together, and nobody's going to look at, oh, the Baptists are here. Yikes, you know. And it's like nobody's going to be thinking that. Nobody's going to be thinking that at all. And when we sing to Jesus when we're in heaven, nobody's going to be thinking about what their voice sounds like because there's going to be like, you know, a billion people up there singing. Nobody's going to be worrying about what they sound like or what they look like because it's going to be a collective battle cry. Um, so um, with that, um, now I, I don't know if you guys packed a lunch like me. My wife uh, brought me this really nice little communion setup here, so thank you. Um, now, I don't know if you guys all have that because I think the email went out just a night or two before. For those of you who don't have that, we do have some back there in the back. There are some little crack cracker wafers and some little juice cups. So I would invite you right now, if you don't have that, you can go get that. 
If you can take some goldfish or crackers from your kids and a Capri Sun, you're free to use that as well. But we'll, we'll kind of wait just for a second um, until everyone uh, is situated. And again, it's all in the back. There's a table back there. Don't feel ashamed if you didn't bring your communion. as you guys are getting resituated here. Um, I do just want to give us a moment um, just to pray um, before we you know, start taking the elements. Um, we want to come with a pure heart and a clean conscience before our Father. Uh, I'm even reminded of just like even myself, I, I just got a little chirpy with my dad the other day and it's coming to my mind and I'm thinking about it. It's like, I want to pray. I want to make sure that I'm coming before my Father with a clean heart and clean hands. 
And so I just want to give you guys a second, just, just a minute or two. If anything comes to your mind, if the Holy Spirit highlights anything to you, I just encourage you to repent and say, God, I want to have a pure heart and clean hands as we take communion. Father, we just remind ourselves that it was our sin that put you on the cross. It wasn't somebody else's sin. It wasn't just Adam. It wasn't some far-off person. It was our sin that put you on the cross. Our failure to stay true to our covenant with you puts you on the cross. And we just repent and we say, make, make our eyes um, pure so that light can come through and come out of us, God. That we can see clearly with a clean conscience. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And, and during this season of life, I just want to emphasize the um, proclaiming of the Lord's death until he comes. Um, I just think it's so pressing on my mind that Jesus is coming back, that things are accelerating, and I don't know any of that stuff. I don't even know most of my opinions on most of those doctrines and things like that. But I know that he's coming. I know that he's coming. And again, that same Misty Edwards song, it's like he's, he didn't stay in the grave and he's not staying in heaven forever. So as we take communion, I want us to move forward, you know, taking that blood and that body that cleanses us so that we can move forward, so that we can be preparers of the way for our king who is returning. And so with that, take of his body. Again, this is the most kind, the most compassionate, the most merciful, the most true person, the Son of God, the God-man who walked this earth, his body that we are taking. Father, we take your blood. Jesus, we take your blood that cleanses us, that washes us from all filthiness, that makes us clean, that makes us new, where we don't have to walk in shame any longer because of our sin that, that put you in a place where you had to die for our sake. We thank you for this cleansing blood in Jesus' name. So, Father, we just want to praise you right now as a family. We want to praise you as a church body. We want to draw up to the battle lines right now, cleansed in your blood. We want to draw up to the battle lines empowered to fight your battles. No longer shrink, shrinking back in fear. No longer worried about what people are thinking about us because we're thinking about them. 
we're thinking about love. We're not thinking about offense. We're not thinking about what makes me look good. We're thinking about what honors you, what expands your kingdom. So Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to remember you. And hopefully, God, I pray that you'd continue to open our eyes and give us revelation because we know that it changes everything when we understand what you've done for us. Familial discord, jealousy, pride, everything that hinders love, God, you can clear it away as we understand what you've done. And so we say, come, Lord Jesus, come, come quickly. And until the day you come, move in our hearts. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts and make us pure, make us like you so that we can fight your battles, Lord.